Proverbs 14.1, every wise woman builds her house. This is the assignment of women. Women have this grace to build. In fact, we looked at it in Sunday school, but when the Bible says God built woman or he made woman, he, he formed man, but he built woman, the word to build there is to establish or make a home. And we, made the, we pointed out the observation in Sunday school, you can't really build a home without a woman. You can't build a home without a wife. Single dads really struggle. Single moms do a lot better at raising kids than single dads. Uh, single dads really struggle because they just don't have the grace. So when God built woman, this, it's the same word for building a house. And it kind of gives us this early image into what it is to be a mom. She comes in and she's able to take the husband's blueprint. He has the vision. He's just incapable. He's like the contractor, but he has to sublet all the work. In this case, all the work gets done by the woman because she has the graces. And this verse here tells us that it's the wise women who tap into that ability they have. Wise women, we could say wise men, will always find what their grace is, tap into it, and use it to build something. When God gives you a grace, he gives you a grace to build. He gives you a grace to expand. He gives you a grace to change. He doesn't give you a grace to stay the same. He doesn't give you a grace to maintain. He gives you a grace to build. And we see with women, wise women, that's implied that she has a household, so she's got to be a mother and a wife. They use their wisdom and their grace to build their home. We're watching a whole generation now since feminism of the 1960s tell women to burn their house to the ground. That's what's cool. The funny thing is, when these women become successful, they realize they really still want what they wanted as little girls. College ruined them. The feminist mystique ruined them. And so they get to be successful, and now they want to stay at home. They want to have babies. they got to hire a nanny. They got to have a husband in their life. They got to go to a man to get some help getting pregnant. They really just want to stay at home. Even the Hollywood celebrities want to have children. They realize it's something after they pursue their success and they get it, they realize, I, I, need, I need to make a home. Not a mansion, not, not build some gigantic house over in Malibu, but I need a home. And I want to build this institution called the local family in the house. But these wise women, they build their house. They use these graces on their lives to set up the infrastructure their husband envisions, to set up the management of the daily governments of the house. That's the grace they have men don't have. I've watched single dads for years just struggle to do what a woman could do easily. I'm really impressed with our single dads that can bring their daughters to church with hair brushed and dressed, and, and, and you can tell that girl got in the bath this morning. Praise the Lord. Daddy, daddy knows what he's doing. You know, With mamas, you never worry. Single mamas could run the world. Single men have to have advisors. <laughs> Single mamas could administrate three businesses, five children, and still volunteer at the local church and the homeless shelter. And single men, they're just struggling to kind of get out of bed at 7 in the morning and figure out what day is it, what am I supposed to do for the next 10 hours before I can go back to bed. That's how a man operates. It never says a wise man builds his house. It always takes a woman. It always takes a mama. Unfortunately, we're living in a day where we have a lot of abusive moms. We have a lot of neglectful moms. It's the most bizarre, demonic thing to see a woman abandon her children and her man. Demonized women abandon husbands, good husbands, and children because they're demonized. There's something in a woman that wants to nurture. There's something in a woman. She's the mother of life. There's something in a woman that, that, that makes her want to produce life, then care for life, then develop the life, then give it more life. And mothers will work their fingers to the bone, three and four jobs to provide better for their children. 
whereas a dad may or may not. Most dads in America anymore are just kind of schlubs. They may not work at all because they know mom will work three jobs to make the ends meet. Man, that's a deadbeat. We said during Sunday school, lazy deadbeat men are why feminism arose out of nothing. And I don't blame them. But I shouldn't, you shouldn't be burning stuff down the ground and, and calling for feminism and lesbianism. You should have taken two by fours to those men, taught them a lesson they apparently didn't learn because they probably had deadbeat dads. Deadbeat dads beget deadbeat sons. And you don't marry a deadbeat son. Never marry somebody allergic to work. Never, never, ever marry allergic people with allergies to work. Husbands should work harder than their wives at the things they're graced to do. It says the foolish woman, she plucks it down with her hands. She beats it down. She breaks it down. She overthrows it. She throws down. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish woman, she tears it down with her hands. So it becomes an act of stupidity to burn down your house because you've got a grace to build it. And if you've got a grace, lock onto that grace and run with that momentum to build your house. Mamas, you guys know it. You're always nesting. You're always, when you get bored, you rearrange the whole house and want to paint walls another color. And we come home and the bed sheets are a different color and the towels are a different color. And where'd the old couch go? I was just getting my little seat kind of broken into. It was absorbing me. Mama's like, nope, I got bored. Why'd you get bored? Well, I mean, I can only work 45 hours a week and then raise your four children and then cook and meal prep and keep the house clean. I got bored. I got all that mastered. So I want to do something else. And he, meanwhile, has worked the same job for 10 years, knows the job backwards and forwards, gets up five minutes before he has to be at work. She has lunch ready. He goes there, barely does a decent job for his boss, comes home exhausted. I need a nap. Sleeps till it's dinner time. Then he wants sex. Meanwhile, she just runs the world. I feel sorry for that woman. And I will not raise my boy to be like a middle Tennessee man. Amen. I will raise my boy to take care of his wife because that's what men do. They provide the covering, the infrastructure, and the support that wives need to build the house. The men have the vision, yes. The men are the leader, yes. The men are the voice, yes. But we know the women do all the work because they're grace to do it. But what women need is they need that vision. What, honey, what do you want me to do? I've got the gifting. What do you want me to do? What do you want to eat this week? What do you want to eat for the next 17 days? I'll plan it out for you. How much money do we have? I'll make it work. Only five bucks, I'll make it work. That's what women do. And men, we're just trying to figure out where's the brown sock. Where's the brown sock? I only have two yellow socks. When did we get yellow socks? <laughs> I really hate being a man right now. I just feel, hmm. No, 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 no. Cast that down. <laughs> the only things we do around here is transmission. That's a pastor who identifies as a missionary. So if you're a woman, figure out those graces, because every woman's got it. I've pastored long enough to see these graces in women that they, man, they can organize, they can beautify, they can systemize, they can, they, they're pulling clothes out of nowhere. How long have you had those clothes, honey? I just bought them. But what about, what? And they pull the totes out and they exchange the clothes. And meanwhile, man's clothes are in a pile in the closet. Flies are buzzing around them. And he'll just, he'll find the one that smells the least stinky. That'll work. Spritz it up with some Axe body spray or from Halston or whatever. Some of you dudes do it coming to church. I smell you in the prayer line. You know what I'm talking about. I hug all of you and I say like, man, water is free. I'll buy you five bars of soap. Fix this. 
<laughs> but mama can have everybody's laundry done, folded, in between everything. And what do men do? We just mm, can't even open our mouth unless it is to scream like some moron of a caveman. Women are amazing, and we wouldn't be here without them. Homosexuals can't have kids without women. They're hiring some surrogate to incubate whatever they bought off the market. Pretty perverse and weird. But we want to glorify women because God made them as the crowning achievement in his creation. You know, when you've spent six days making something, you've got a lot of trial and error, so to say. And when you get to the last one, you know everything you want to put in it. And that's what God put in women. That ability to pick up all the things men drop and all the pieces men lose. And some of you mamas, you know where all the Legos are for your kids. Because you just know you keep jars of them. You keep them organized by color. And the men, what do we do? We're too busy scratching something, watching Fox News or CNN with the other five people that still watch CNN. <laughs> Turn to Proverbs 31. <laughs> Let's talk about this Proverbs 31 woman. Let me raise the standard. We preach on the Proverbs 31 woman on a regular basis. The Proverbs 31 woman shows her work ethic. The Titus 2 woman shows her, um, her personality, her persona, her attitude. So we kind of teach around here, Proverbs 31 woman and the Titus 2 woman. And of course, then the other passages that don't specify women, we just address all of them to men and women. So we want to look at the Proverbs 31 woman because we have a lot of young moms in our church and uh, we want to make sure you're trained up in how to be a Proverbs 31 woman. We also have a lot of moms who uh, have raised their kids. Maybe they're in the grandparent stage now and Titus 2 commands you as the aged woman to help the younger women. I see a lot of aged women in the body of Christ, but I don't see them doing much of anything. I see them sitting. But it's maybe because they were never discipled themselves. Your, your Bible, remember that book you've got there, or the app? Your Bible tells every one of you to make a disciple. Titus 2 tells older women specifically to get a hold of younger women and help the younger women. And one of the things that commands younger women to be helped in is how to love their husbands and how to love their children. Just because you love doesn't mean you know how to love. That's Titus 2. It says the aged women likewise in behavior has become holiness. And goes on to say to help the younger women. Proverbs 31 talks about her work ethic. And that ties into Proverbs 14 that she builds her house. Women typically have this unprecedented work ethic that really men struggle with. Especially Middle Tennessee men. If you're from Middle Tennessee, you breathe half lazy. Just want to be honest with you. If you were born and reared here... You are, you're about half lazy. Like we said at the zinc mine, if you were any lazier, you'd quit breathing. That's how lazy Middle Tennessee men are. Not the outsiders. I've said for the 15 years I've pastored, this region will never raise itself up. Outsiders will come in here and own us. And that's what they're doing. Because Middle Tennessee men don't know how to lift the hand to feed their own face. Proverbs describes them, they won't even eat what they took hunting. Because pulling the trigger is the easy part. Prepping it to eat it's the hard part. I'll just go hungry. I'd just rather shoot stuff. That's Middle Tennessee men. So what that means for you ladies is you're going to take a lot more faith to find that man God has for you. Because I wouldn't recommend marrying any Middle Tennessee man. Unless they're a disciple of Jesus Christ. Not to belittle you Middle Tennessee men, but to set a little flame under you to get after it. We're, we're trying to glorify women, but women need great leaders. And women should not outwork men. We're supposed to be the stronger vessel, but most of the time women outwork us because what? We've convinced ourselves we worked a hard eight-hour day doing nothing. 
And she's been up three hours before us. We'll go to bed three hours after us. And she's supposed to take care of us too. Women don't want another child to raise. And for you ladies who feel like your husband is another child, I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry that you married that. That man can change if he wants to. You can teach old dogs new tricks because you can speak to mountains. You can speak to sycamine trees and you can speak to deadbeat dads. But let's look at these Proverbs women. Proverbs 31. I'm trying to help these tremendous women by kind of setting some dynamite under these deadbeat guys. I don't know how you go to my church and stay so deadbeat. I don't get it. I don't get how you can come here, hear the standard of God's word and resist it and still like take advantage of your wife and like use her. Brag about how much you love her, but not demonstrate it with actions. I don't see how you can do that. It's not fair. It's not right. Proverbs 31 verse 10, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. This means the men go looking. This is Bathsheba telling Solomon how to begin to look for the wife God has for him. And it is he that goes looking. That means it's not for the women to go looking. Women don't go on the prowl. Women don't go trolling or troweling. Women don't get on Tinder. They don't get on Christian mingle. It takes faith in God that he's going to bring you who he has in store for you. But when God brings it, you're not going to settle. When it is God that brings that man to you, you're not going to have to settle and excuse some of his uh, massive uh, discrepancies because, well, he's the only guy that's shown you interest. Well, it's because you've been pursuing him. It's not, the Bible says he, that, he, he, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. It doesn't say that she that finds a husband. It is the he that pursues. Some of you men, I don't know how you got married. You're so lazy, you don't pursue anything but food. How did you ever, by chance, pursue a woman? Because pursuing women, according to this Proverbs 31 work ethic, that's hard work because they are working it. Working two or three jobs, working themselves through college, got vision, got a future, got some dreams, got some hopes, got plans. And we're just, what, trying to play Xbox? Can't wait for the next update? Never marry a gamer. Ladies, don't marry a gamer. If that's his hobby, just keep on walking. You don't want to marry a gamer. No, no. No, it's just not worth it. You're going to be frustrated. Men, you find this virtuous woman, her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he will have no need of spoil. Verse 12, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. So this is a pretty wonderful thing. She's going to do him good. He doesn't need spoils. That's the same word in the Hebrew. Spoils and good are the same word. He doesn't need good because she's going to be good. When that wife takes care of you and that mother cares for your home, you don't need anything else. You got it all right there at your home. You're satisfied. You, you men will begin to appreciate as you get older and you watch your wives care for that home of yours and care for those babies. You realize this is one of the greatest characteristics you could ever find in a woman. Likewise, as a single man, don't marry a lazy woman who doesn't nurture anything but cats. You don't marry cat ladies. Cats don't take any maintenance at all. Cats lick themselves. They bathe themselves. If you don't feed them, they'll find a couple moles or a bird or a puppy. Cats are self-sufficient, which is why weird women who don't know how to nurture raise them. Because they don't take any work. They can be held. There's some warmth. You can pet them. And then they're done with you, and you're done with them, and you feel important. It's weird when a woman has fur babies. 
It's disgusting. Men aren't that dumb. You never heard a man call it his fur baby. He called it target practice. (laughs) Keep reading. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. Those are the two primary textiles of Iron Age Israel. Wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. The very first thing we begin to see about her day is a work ethic. This is a verse that begins to speak to us about this wise woman who has a work ethic. Anybody who had a good mama knew she was up early. You could hear the washing machine going early in the morning because she knew it had to be put in so she could flip it over to the dryer so it wouldn't sour. Back in the old days, she'd take it outside to make sure it would dry on the line, hoping it, hopefully, hoping it didn't rain. I don't know how you guys did it up in Yankeeville in the winter, Miss uh, Patty. Could you dry clothes in February on the line? Not unless you want sheets of ice. No, you can't do it. So who knows what they did? That's why I'm thankful I was never called to Michigan. Man, that just, that shows God's favor on my life. I was born in Pittsburgh, but the Lord looked upon me and said, son, and we're going to deliver you out of the hand of these abjects, these apostates. You'll know them as Yankees. I know them as pagans. The Lord took me to the south, (laughs) to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. She works, she seeks wool. Uh, That wise woman, she's always looking for something, like a good mama, always looking out after her kids, always knows where the missing sock is. The adage is, it ain't lost till mama can't find it, because she's always seeking. She knows where everything is. Mamas are like that octopus, a Swiss Army octopus. They have their pulse on everything in the house. Even if they can't fix it, they know it's about to need fixing. Even if they don't know how to repair it, they know it needs to be repaired because it doesn't sound like it used to sound. And honey, can you fix that or get somebody from the church to fix it? But it's not working. These women, they wake up thinking about their household. They go to bed thinking about their household. All day long, they think about their household. That's a grace men don't have. We don't think about it unless it's leaking on our head. (laughs) Unless it inconveniences us. I guess I'll repair it now. (laughs) I, I got the, you know, the vent in your bathroom, you turn it on and vents all the humidity and whatever else. It's got these little things on the outside that drop down when it's not going. Well, a storm blew one of mine off and I've, I bought the replacement and I've probably spent a year waiting to replace it, waiting to replace it till I started hearing a bird up in there. And then I was like, hmm, I should, I should probably turn that fan on, blow the bird out, and now I need to really replace it. That's a lazy man. That guy, the moron, just waited until you have birds nesting in your vent because you're too lazy to replace the little flaps. So don't be like that guy at all. That guy is lazy. This woman, though, she wakes up looking for wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. Why does she need wool and flax? Because her kids need clothes. Wool and flax is textiles. That's what you make your own clothing. They didn't go down to Goodwill or Target or Walmart to buy clothes or Zulily or Amazon. They had to make their own clothes. So the first thing we see is she's worried about how her kids are dressed. Dads don't worry about how kids are dressed. When mom goes out of town, kids wear the same clothes all day, every day for five days. This is how it works. Get in the bathtub with your clothes on. We're just going to do it all. It's 60 degrees outside. We'll just hose you down. This is fine. Mamas are always thinking about how their kids are dressed. They, they have outfits for every season. The kids have to look together. Dads get in trouble for misdressing kids. We don't care. Dads in town don't care. Dads in towns don't impress each other. We're not trying to impress each other. We notice new camo on each other, but not clothes on our kids. But moms do. That's why God gave us moms. 
14, she is like the merchant ships. That's not because she's as big as one or comes with that much baggage. She brings her food from afar. This talks about her willingness to build her home is not adjusted by inconvenience. If the doctor she needs to go to is three states away, she goes three states away. If she has to take half a day off of work to get the kids to the doctor, she will. And when dad won't, she is not defined by inconvenience. This is what a tremendous woman is capable of. She's not moved by inconvenience. She'll make any sacrifice for her family's needs. Men, <laughs> men will let that growth on their neck get to the size of a basketball before they consider going to the doctor. Mamas can say, there's something growing out the side of your neck a little bit. It looks different in that lighting. We should have that checked out. And the man will say, I'm fine, until it becomes a massive issue. Women bring their food from afar. They are not inconvenienced. If it's important for their household, they'll do it, no matter what it takes. They'll be up late. They'll be up early. They'll stand in line all day just to take care of their family. Men will still stay at home thinking about themselves, if they're even out of bed yet. Verse 15, she rises also while it is yet night. So that means she's an early riser. She doesn't sleep in till 10 o'clock just because she's a stay-at-home mom. She rises up while it is still yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. So her household's her personal family, and then her maidens are her employees. And this indicates she's a planner. She gets up early. She has her whole day planned. She doesn't wing it. Good mamas never winged it. My mama was never a winger. She, my mom worked a full-time job nursing. She would work third shift so she could be home during the days. It was odd growing up. I mean, her scheduling her nursing career was all over the place. I don't remember my mom ever winging much of anything. My dad didn't wing things, so I was blessed in that regard. We have a generation of women who just wing things because they're focused on Instagram. The only thing they focus on is a picture of themselves, and they take 30 of them and filter them and then post it. If they don't get 100 posts or likes, they take it down. That's a narcissistic weirdo. You're not going to have a good household always looking at you. Good moms are selfless. They're not worried about themselves, their ego, or their needs. They get up and they plan. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. This lets us know she's an entrepreneur. She goes out, she buys a vineyard, she buys a field, she plants it. Uh, planting a vineyard, viticulture takes a lot of work. You don't do it by yourself. You gotta have a lot of workers. You gotta have the vine dresser and the vine keeper and the harvesters. This is a massive endeavor. But see, she's got her home taken care of. Things started back at home with her children. She worried about their clothing. Then she brought them food. Then she got up and fed them. And now that her day is going and her things closest to her are taken care of, her children and their stomachs. Now she can step outside the home. You don't get to step outside the home until your home is cared for. You see that progression in these verses here in Proverbs. Verse 17, she girds her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. That means she encourages herself. She strengthens her arms. She girds herself. She, she is self-strengthened. Doesn't mean she doesn't need a man. It just means she's not falling apart when things don't go right between breakfast and lunch. It means she can take a harsh word at the market. It means she can be talked to a little rough on the job. It means that she isn't uh, what we would call um, catching the vapors constantly. That's a southern term when you just fall apart. Somebody talk to you all a little rough like, and you just fall apart. Oh, goodness, I, I caught the vapors. Your weak constitution is what we'd call you today. Toughen up, princess. 
She self-strengthens. You, if you're going to be successful, you can't take it personal. You got to be, hey, man, it's just the way it is today. Whatever, rude person, bad day, whatever, and move on. Don't take everything so personal. Quit worshiping at the altar of you. Verse 18, she perceives that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. We got two things there. Number one, she's confident. She perceives her merchandise is good. She put a lot of work into it. Her merchandise is what she's produced. It's her fruit of her field. She knows what she's got. She's confident. She's a shrewd businesswoman. Everything she's done, we could define as shrewd. That means organized, articulated, planned, uh, uh, well-organized and, 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 and managed. But her candle goeth not out by night, so she doesn't go to bed early. Oh, I'm so tired, honey. I was up at 10 o'clock this morning. It's 9 o'clock already. Look at that. Yeah, you've been up 11 hours. What? Dr. Barclay, my pastor, says if you sleep eight hours a night, you'll sleep a third of your life away. Some folks deceive themselves into thinking they need a solid 12 hours of sleep. Maybe if you're pregnant and fighting sickness, absolutely. But if you're a normal human being, I think you can run on five or six pretty easy a couple days in a row. Take a nap on Saturday, get caught up, you're fine. Start over. Amen. Go to sleep at 9 o'clock at night. You got up at 8. What's wrong with you? Yeah. I made, man, I was awake for 13 hours today. It's breaking records. <laughs> Successful people in this nation work 90 hours a week. You do the math on how many hours a day that is working, not eating, not watching a TV show, how little sleep that is. And Verse 19, she, she layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. Now, these are the things, the two tools that are used to turn wool into thread or to turn flax into thread, the spindle and the distaff. Um, the distaff is basically, it means the linen staff in German. You take a big bundle of linen or flax, it looks like cotton candy, and you put that under your armpit. That's the distaff. So you hold that there under your armpit, and then you pull off the threads like cotton candy, like a spider web, and you had it on a spindle that looks like a top, and it would spin constantly. And what you were constantly doing is spinning it with your fingers, pulling it, and you're taking this big bunch of fiber, and you're turning it into thread. Now, now that you know it's an old-fashioned way, you can pull up YouTube videos and watch them do this, and they're just pulling it out of this giant comb of loose fiber, this thing's spinning, and you just keep spinning it with your fingers. You'll watch them. They'll lick their fingers, especially with flax. It has a, a gluten, not a gluten, a, a pectin glue in it, and they'll make thread out of it. Well, Bathsheba's talking about, find a woman that'll do this to the king, Solomon. But this is slave work. What this tells us is the Proverbs 31 woman, there's no job too low for her. This is, this is servant work. This is what children grow up doing. But the fact that Bathsheba, the queen, says, your future queen's got to be able to do this herself means she knows how to do everything from the top of the house to the bottom of the house, from the throne room to this textile room. You want a woman who knows how to do that, even though her kids are going to be doing it. But how can her kids do it if she doesn't teach them how to do it herself? So when you're a Proverbs 31 woman and a tremendous woman of God, there's no job too petty for you. Mamas know that. They clean up puke. And they clean up puke for free. And they wipe rear ends for free. And you just hope they wash their hands before they come cook you dinner for free. <laughs> right, men? <laughs> 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 
You better be earning something for me to praise you for come June for Father's Day. Or we might just blast a hole through the Upper Cumberland men if there's anything worth shooting at. Because I know the men of this region. They're the reason this region hasn't gone anywhere. Because as goes the king, so goes the house. You want to know why this region is poor and lazy? You look at the men. Many of the women in this region have been blockaded by a lazy, shiftless man. Religious, uptight, lazy, selfish. Yeah. This region could have taken off if we had better men. Hardworking, God-fearing, holy, loving, selfless. No, I blame men and religion for the condition of this poverty region. And you won't ever be able to talk me out of it. I've observed it too long. Everybody coming in is getting a piece of the pie while the old local, local guy there from, you know, on the mountain, he just, he just wants his basketball and he just wants his you know, trailer and just, you know, I'm going to go hunting again. Yeah. yeah. Give me something for my truck. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm sorry, sweetie. You, we should have sent you to boarding school somewhere else. You had a better shot at life than to marry one of these local guys. All right, you're awfully quiet. This is Happy Mother's Day to you. When you teach on mothers, you have to encourage the young women not to blockade their life by marrying a dud. And we have to acknowledge duds exist. And we have to also make sure we don't raise the next generation of duds by being a dud ourselves. All right. Where were we? Hands on the distaff. Verse 20, she uh, stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. This shows that she's merciful and selfless. And she has an extra, extra money in her pocket. She can help folks. She's always stretching out her hand to people who need help. She's always reaching out to those around her who are less fortunate. She's always trying to help people who need the help. It isn't just her, 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 her house, her business, her stuff. She's actually looking. And you know what? She doesn't have to hashtag it and tell everybody about it. We call those people slacktivists. When you do good and post it, that's a slacktivist because you're not really doing anything. It's like hashtag Ukraine. I'm helping. You're not doing anything. You're just looking for social media points. You're looking for merits. I bet you play video games too. <laughs> 21, she's not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. There's a lot of different interpretations on that. Number one, we can see she's fearless. It says she's not afraid. She's not afraid of COVID. She's not afraid of flu season. She's not afraid of chicken pox, measles, uh, MMR, none of that. She got it. She's fearless, but she's also well organized. And her kids are clothed in scarlet, which could be the blood of Jesus, or they're just ready for cold weather. <laughs> we, Bud Bud and I went around town yesterday. It was cold outside. I grabbed a sweatshirt. He jumped in the car without a sweatshirt. He had a t-shirt on and wearing orange socks with flip-flops. <laughs> but we went to Lowe's, so we fit right in. <laughs> but if mama was with us, he'd have had a sweatshirt on. I got in the truck. I said, I told you to get a sweatshirt. He said, I know. I was like, all right, that's on you. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to Lowe's. I told you. You will learn one way or another. <laughs> Dad was fearless too, because if he's cold, that's his fault. It's not mine. <laughs> but mamas make sure their kids have all the clothes they need in the right season. Verse 22, she makes herself. Look, look, she comes in last. She makes herself. After... 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine verses of work she stops to take care of herself. This is where a good husband will speak up and say, honey, you need to take a break. Not just keep milking that cow for all you can get because you're a selfless, useless human being. But a good man will speak up and say, honey, you need to take a break. Here, sit down. Let me do the dishes. Honey, let me cook tonight. Hopefully none of you men are making your wife cook Mother's Day. It is so quiet, isn't it? That is. Maybe we celebrate Father's Day next Sunday. All right. Okay. So let me ask you. So who's cooking Father's Day then? Mom. So who's cooking Mother's Day? Mom. So tell me, what exactly do you do, men? What is it you bring to the, the marriage except a sex drive? What is it you bring to that covenant? You're going to make your wife cook for her on Mother's Day. Not anymore is right. <laughs> Stop off and get a bucket of chicken, get you some pizzas, but she better not work. Lord, a mercy. Even my kids got up this morning and made mama breakfast in bed. I didn't even ask them to. The only thing they did is, Mama, stay. Mama, you getting up yet? Lydia, Mama, you getting up yet? Well, yeah. You know, can you stay in bed 20 more minutes? And Amanda said, I got to get in the shower. 10 minutes. You stay in bed 10 minutes. And Lydia went in there and she whipped up eggs so fast and did toast so fast. And she put me on making the coffee. I made the coffee so fast. And then what else did she make for you? Some strawberries. She had strawberries. She got out. And then she put it all on this baking pan and took it in there and gave it to mommy for breakfast in bed. What did the men do? I mean, me and Bud. I made sure we had cards. It was all decorated. I made sure the house didn't burn down. I was providing oversight. <laughs> Who's grilling out today, honey? I am doing lunch today. All right, so uh, a good husband. We're back to finding one of those. A good man who can find. Why don't we have a whole Proverbs chapter on that? A good man who can find. And girl, they assign him say, that's what I'm talking about. Who can find one? Let's burn a brawl. Maybe that'll bring one. <laughs> Finally, in verse 22, after 10 verses, she maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Isn't this so true, families? After the kids are taken care of, after the husband is fed, after the house is settled, then she starts thinking about herself. That's a holy woman of God. This current generation, the narcissist, the Kardashian wannabe, me, 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 me. You see all the time in the news now, mothers being arrested for neglecting their kids while they go clubbing. The kids in the car, the kids at home, the kids at home being sexually assaulted by the boyfriend while the girl's out clubbing. What happened to common sense and just humanity? A holy woman of God, and most of you are this, I believe. We just, we can see it here. She puts herself last. It's what makes her a woman. But husbands, we don't exploit that. We make sure we keep putting her first. You keep putting your wife first. You keep taking care of her. You make sure she's blessed. You make sure she rests when she needs to. You make sure you can tell when her, she's not feeling well. And you know that if you push her, she's going to collapse. And you know that when mama's sick, the house spirals downward, and she's still expected to do everything. Isn't that true? Husband gets a fever of 99. He's laid up all day. Woman can get a fever of 109, and she's still doing laundry. She's still in there cooking. She's throwing up. Blood's coming out of her ears. And, and the husband's like, dinner ready yet? Yes, my liege. 
almost my liege, have mercy, my liege. Now I'm going to pray deliverance for those wives. Amen. You treat a woman that way long enough, another man will come along and steal her. Amen. She should be delivered from such a useless man. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. This also shows us she has self-respect. She doesn't dress like Walmart on Saturday. She has respect. I'm not against frumpy clothing when it's called for, but, you know, I'm using the Walmart Saturday crowd, Walmart Saturday 2 a.m. crowd. You know, we know what that's like. Frumpy. It's okay to have frumpy clothes, but that shouldn't be who you are moving about life. This woman has some respect. She washes her clothes. She has the nicest clothes. Silk is different than linen and wool. It's a higher quality of fabric. There's even some debate on if that should actually be silk because it didn't come from Asia until the first century A.D., and this is about uh, 900 B.C. So her husband is known in the gates when he sits, and we always make that joke. Yep, that's what he's doing. She's been working for 11 verses, and he's just sitting talking with the boys down at the barbershop or at the donut shop or at the coffee shop or just somewhere just dumb, you know, just, just where dumb guys hang out, you know, military this or club that or hobby this. Or, and what's, <laughs> what's she been doing? Running the family business, making clothes, feeding families, giving money to the poor, and the guy is just sitting. But he's known. Is he known for being a good husband? Is he known for overseeing his house? Or is he just known because he goes to the barbershop and drinks coffee and, uh, you know, part of the community gossip mill? Her husband is known in the gates. We could preach it a couple different ways. I'll leave it there that way this morning. When he sits among the elders of the Lamb, she maketh fine linen and sells it. We're back to her working. So what's he been doing all the day? It's almost like Bathsheba chimes in and says, you need to be prepared that she's going to do all the work and you're just going to sit down and talk with the elders and decide rules, but then she's still going to be working while all you do is sit and talk, which really adequately describes the work ethic of men compared to the work ethic of women. Even if you're a ditch hole digger, compared to what your wife does, digging ditches all day long when you're a man, that's nothing. Compared to what your wife does from 5 a.m. to 12 p.m., digging ditches is a break. And if you do it every day, you're strong. You got the endurance, you got the calluses, you got the muscle, you got the strong back, you can endure the heat. It's easy for you. What you're not good at is everything your wife does, everything your mo the mother of your children does. We don't say baby mama. That means you're a bastardizer. We talk about the mother of your children, your wife. We don't do the baby mama thing here. We don't glorify that. That's demonic. Any culture that glorifies baby mamas is a demonized culture because it means that man doesn't have any respect for women. He just wants sex like some husbands in this church. Shall we go back to, I don't know, that moron that didn't replace the thing to the bird laid nest in there? That redeem you, make you smile a little bit. She's back to making linen while he just sits all day. And she sells it and delivers girdles, that's belts, into the merchant. There's work ethic. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. Uh, one translation I wrote in my Bible, uh, she laughs without fear of the future. That's a powerful verse right there. That's New Living Translation. She shall rejoice in time to come. I like that. She laughs without fear of the future. She opens her mouth with wisdom 
and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Now that's where the Gloria Steinem leftist crowd leaves it. Those are the screaming banshee feminists. There's no law of kindness. Your hands off my body. Did you tell your boyfriend that? Screaming, angry, demonized, with a vagina hat on, protesting in front of the Supreme Court. What kind of weird, reckless generation of perverts make vagina hats to wear? If you don't know what I'm talking about, be careful how you Google it. Pink knitted hats that look like a vulva. And this is what our feminists and our activists and our academics wear to declare body autonomy. Unless you should get the COVID shot, then you don't get any body autonomy. So which is it? Do we want to save life or destroy it? Do I have body autonomy or not? Are trans women women, or do you have to have a uterus to be a woman? I'm telling you, the left and the progressives, they are so retarded. I don't even know. Do they even know what can safely eat? Can you even let them play with scissors? Because people like this, you don't let them even have a fork without putting a cork on the end of it. They might stab themselves. Give them spoons, plastic ones at that. Tell them no running and give them a helmet. A face shield. Verse 27, she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. This speaks of her diligence. Uh, NLT says she suffers nothing from laziness. She eats not the bread of idleness. This, you know, those of us that were raised up under mamas, we can see our mama in this passage. When daddy went to work all day long, mama made sure the house ran well. Mama took care of us. Mama took care of the clothes. Mama bandaged the wounds. Mama took us to practice. Mama brought us home. Dad was there, but dad was busy working. But we see from this picture, mama runs the show. And this mama's married to the king. The king runs the land. Mama runs the show. Daddy runs the business. Daddy works for the boss. Daddy brings home the big bacon if he works. Mama runs the show. And daddy likes it that way because mama can do it better than him. As smart as my brain may appear to be, and as much as my mind can retain anything that I study, and as intellectual as I may appear to be, my mind is not capable of keeping tabs on my entire household like my wife's can. I can remember things in Latin. I can remember genus and species of plants now. I can remember scripture addresses in Greek and Hebrew and all sorts of dumb, useless facts. But my mind cannot manage the affairs of my household like my wife can. It's just not my grace. Why would I, why would I be gay and marry a dude? We'd have two morons trying to build a house. <laughs> like, beside it being weird, gross, and your gut's falling out your rear end from too much anal sex, why would two dudes go together knowing they can't get along in life alone, much less together? They're not going to build anything. They'll fall apart and do it with prolapse rectum, wearing diapers the rest of their life. It's not homophobia. It's homo-disgusting. <laughs> you know, the Lord said, I did not intend that for that. I'd have thought by the time you were five, you recognized that was an exit. These are some dumb people we've made. Flood them. <laughs> you just laughed at mass judgment. <laughs> it's coming again. This time with fire. 
They won't go glub glub. They'll go crispy crispy. <laughs> her children rise up and call her blessed. That's how you can tell you've mothered well when your children recognize it. You can tell you've mothered well when your kids can't wait for you to come home. They call you blessed. They cheer for you. They, you come home from selling these garments. You come home from selling these belts, and the kids stand up. They rise up. They get up off of the table. They say, mother's home. We call her blessed. Here comes our blessed mother. Because there's something about them they recognize they wouldn't have any of this without mother. They don't call dad blessed. They call their mother blessed. Her husband also, he rises and he praises her. The husband recognizes what a gift he has in his wife. He recognizes I could not be the success I am without my wife. For me as a pastor of this church, I can't do what I do here without my wife running our home, taking care of our children the way she does, taking care of the food, taking care of the laundry. I take care of a lot of other stuff. Don't misunderstand me. But without my wife, I can't do what I do. The husband stands up and calls her blessed and praises her. When's the last time you told your wife, honey, I'm blessed because of you. You make my life easy. Husbands ought to tell their wives that on a regular basis. You make my life so much easier. You are a blessing to our children. Our children won't know till they're 25 how blessed they were being raised by you. You got to tell your wives this, especially, especially if it's true. Don't lie if it's not true. Say, honey, we need to get you in some training. Some, some, this generation, some girls don't have any home training. They don't know how to boil water. They really don't. They don't know how to wash clothes. They, they weren't taught because their moms were not Proverbs 31 women. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. That's what the husband says. Many daughters have done well, to quote. Many daughters have gotten riches, one translation reads, but you excel them all. He, even the king saying, we don't care about money. How you care for my home out excels all the wealth. What matter is it that you got all this money, but your kids go to hell? Our households are built on women. Our civilizations are, are governed by women. Our homes are cared for by our mothers, and we ought to honor them. And we should not buy into this insult that men can become women. That's such an insult to what God intended. Just because we have medical science that can produce some kind of Frankenstein doesn't mean you're a woman. Because you can cut parts off, reattach new parts, you still won't have the grace or poise like a wife, like a mother. Put a bra on me, put me in a dress, I still won't be able to manage my home. I'll still have a man's intellect. I can walk around limp-wristed, sissified, you know, lisping my words and have all these feminine gesticulations, but I'll still have the intellect of a man and I still like the grace of a mother. It's putting perfume on a pig. That's all it is. Put pearls and lipstick on a pig, you're just wasting beautifying tips. Still a pig. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Favor is deceitful, beauty passes away, but a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Hands and works, there's that work ethic. Her work ethic will be praised in the city gates. This is what every good mama is capable of and she didn't even realize it. And We want to stop and exalt and appreciate our mothers and our wives, those that raised us, those that are raising our babies right now, those that maybe did raise our babies, and we appreciate all that they've done because men, we know we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. We weren't graced to do it. So 
I rebuke this nation for its stupidity, for its gender-fluid idiocy, for its anti-Christ view of women, its anti-Christ view of men, its apostate view of sexuality. I curse these universities for making up things like gender studies and sexuality studies. It's real simple. Squat to pee, you're a woman. Stand to pee, you're a dude. Make babies, women can have babies. That's it. That's all there is to it. All there is to it. My four-year-old understands gender studies. Why you'd waste a hundred grand on a PhD and that was beside, it's beyond me. What we want to do is understand what God has given us in women. You ladies, understand the graces that have been given to you. The devil wants nothing more but to talk you into a grace that's not yours, get you into a realm that you can't excel at, because then you'll be frustrated. This Proverbs 31 tells us women can be entrepreneurs. It tells us they can be homemakers and entrepreneurs. It tells us that they can have influence in the political realm. It tells us that they can do business and with merchant ships and that they can do things far and wide, that they're very influential. But at the end of the day, it also tells us if you come home and your husband and your children don't rise up and call you blessed, it's all for naught. What we're looking for is the bigger picture. You have a grace men don't have, and therefore we're going to exalt women the way God does because we need them. Amen?